Welcome one and all to the second episode of the Chompcast for this year. We hope that your week was absolutely lovely and full of gaming. If not, we have your weekly dose of gaming talk and some jokes that are guaranteed to either get a chuckle or a groan. It feels like we are in the calm before the storm as some of the big games are coming out here in a few weeks. Before we brave that onslaught, however, we are going to discuss this week's topic. What was the most influential game of the 90s for all of video gaming? I'm sure it's going to be a topic filled with bloodshed and insight. We will be talking about video games we've been playing as well, such as Halo Infinite, Final Fantasy XIV, and anything else I'm missing, guys? Forgot to ask you before the show. Um, I ha- I've only been playing the thing I talked about last week, and I'm not ready to talk about it more. Okay, so Halo Infinite and Final Fantasy XIV. Josh, anything else? Um, I thought we were going to talk about Solar Ash, unless you uh, wanted more time with that, Rich. Can you give me one more? I'm going to take a little bit more, more time with that one. Okay. It's been a hell of yeah. a week. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I will, I will get to it this that. week. I was actually planning on getting to it cool. this week. All right. Yeah. But so today, Halo Infinite and Final Fantasy XIV are what we're going to be talking about today. Um, and if that's not enough, you need more. We did a few social media polls to make sure that you get your content cup filled to the brim. We'll fill you Lots up, of stuff baby. To- <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't fill it above the red line, baby. It'll overflow. Don't call it a cum on my back. Anyways, uh, lots of stuff to get to, so let's get... I hate that. Ejaculate. Said, huh. <laughs> let's get to the intro. We made some today. choices. The cup is my asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot more sense. Thank you, Rich. You helped me out there. You're welcome. <sighs> today, I am joined by the filthy, foul-mouthed man who never truly enjoys a day because he suspects that there's fuckery afoot. I'm sure both of my co-hosts are nodding and thinking, hey, that's me. But this week, I am, in fact, talking about one Rich Meister. Rich, how are you doing, my friend? Uh, shit, that's a question. I'm fine, I guess, you know. It's cold. <laughs> I can't remember the last time you've been like, I'm doing great this week, man. <laughs> I've never, did you, you didn't know me when I was 14, so I've definitely never said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, damn it, man. I'm sorry. That's yeah, my, my, my favorite response to that question ever. would be like, hey, you doing all right, man? Not since I was a child. <laughs> I mean, fair, fair. But you said it's pretty cold. Is it snowing there um, in New York uh, right now? We got some snow around this time last week. We're supposed to get some more tomorrow night. Um, I'm also supposed to go to Brooklyn tomorrow night, so that's probably a bad move. Um, yeah, probably. But I, I really want to play. I haven't played any pinball since the pandemic. And I got asked Ooh. to meet meet some people at a pinball bar, so I'm not gonna not go. Oh yeah, that sounds fun. That's cool that they have a pinball bar there. Oh, you want to hear? It's what's even crazier. It's a speakeasy hidden behind a laundromat. There you go, dude. That's fucking cool. Well, it has to be somewhere with, you know, easily available quarters. I always think. Well, my understanding is like it was a laundromat that like had a few pinball machines, and then eventually like gutted a back room and turned it into a bar. So like, 
that that was intentional that they did that. Like it was no like, oh, we're gonna. Do it was some a laundromat for years before it became a speakeasy. <laughs> no, the owners it. don't know. Someone just. Yeah, nobody told them. Um, like you know what? I honestly think they probably had to like rethink it because it probably came to a point where for real estate in that part of Brooklyn, they couldn't survive on just being a laundromat, and they already like clearly the owner already liked pinball and had like three really nice machines in there, so they just leaned into a thing the dude already liked, which I think is cool. That is yeah. really cool. Do you ever have any, or I guess you, maybe you or maybe you don't know this, ever have any drunk patrons who come out of the bar and just steal somebody's clothes and walk out? Not that out I've ever seen. There's never more than like three or four people actually doing laundry in there when I've been in there. Uh, so I've never seen anything like that happen. But like I've straight up seen people will just like throw their laundry uh -huh. in, like walk to the back and get a drink and like play a couple games of football while they're waiting. That is they're, so smart. There are worse ways to spend an evening. <laughs> Yeah. Dude, I used to, um, when I lived on my own, when I first moved out after high school, I didn't have a washer and dryer, so I ended up rocking up to the uh, laundromat, either by myself or with some friends sometime, and I would, you know, I would sit there, do some writing or some internet surfing, or uh, I'd bring whatever game system, portable game system, I think it was uh, my advanced SP at the time, but um, yeah, I would just get stuff done there, and I'll or I'd, you know, leave and come right back. Yeah. That's so smart, though, to integrate something like that there. I know there's a, there's a cat cafe I've been to here in Japan, and right next to it is a laundromat. So legitimately, you could go do your laundry, go hang out at the cat cafe, and then go back and finish your laundry. Yeah, that's a good fucking deal. Um, I know we have people, like, relatively in the area who listen, so if anyone's unfamiliar with it, I'm talking about Sunshine Laundromat in Brooklyn. Go there if you're fully vexed and you are going to be safe. And... Play some pinball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's cool, man. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad that, you know, you have something to look forward to in the coming days. That's, Go that's freeze my balls off. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. You don't need them. I barely use them. Exactly. I am also joined by he who must always be named because if you don't, there is a nasty rumor out there that he will place a curse upon you that during your lifetime, you will have five earwigs crawl into your nostril while you're sleeping. As long as you call his name, he is a relatively kind and benevolent warlock. Please welcome to the show, Josh Fowler. Josh, it's a pleasure to have you here. Yeah, just don't believe in pronouns is uh, the thing there. It's, uh, just doesn't use them. Yeah, yeah, no, no. We got proper nouns right there. It seems, I mean, if you want to be that informal. Mm. What are you, know, you me playing around Final Fantasy an all-powerful warlock? That, that's, that's your decision. I mean, I'm, I'm I, not going to, I'm not going to. Should you speak the name of the entity with whom he's made his pack, Boone, just know your demise will come. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what's funny about that, Josh, actually, is uh, as I was writing this intro last night, I was playing around with he and they, and I actually almost called you a sorceress instead. I was, I was actually playing around with the names and pronouns a bunch, and then I was like, I'm just going to settle on he and warlock. Mm -hmm. Make that simple. So it's funny that you mentioned that. Yeah. We yeah, are, like, yeah. like the, the, the listeners are, aren't going to entirely know this. This is kind of like a behind-the-scenes thing, but we, uh, we recorded some of our our commercials that we're going to be putting hopefully in this episode or the following episode. And yeah, we've just been on the same wavelength all day today. It's nice. Yeah. 
It's real good. It's well, good how are you stuff. doing, buddy? Outside of gaming and sword chomp and whatnot, how have you been? Um, this week has sucked. Um, my uh, and there you have it. No, yeah, no, my my daughter has strep and COVID right now. Fucking shit, dude. Um, which, is she showing a lot of symptoms from COVID? It's hard to say because right now the symptoms for Omicron are very similar to strep. So it's hard to say what's from what. Um, mm. And it could be a matter of she's asymptomatic for COVID, but it's taken her a while to get over strep because we took her in there because of the strep symptoms to get, you right. know, checked. And, um, and the doctor came out and he was like, it's a twofer. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, <laughs> And he's like, oh, I was talking about a baby, not your daughter. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. I was on the phone. <laughs> it's a twofer. He mm -hmm. finally got his first twofer. Mm -hmm. Sorry, bad joke. That, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, that's been, she's been quarantined to her room for this, for this last week, um, which is pretty boring for her, but, uh. Somehow, I thought you're gonna say, but nice for me. <laughs> no, well, no, like because like, she does a lot. Like, um, my kids play together really well, uh, and so with mm. without his big sister there, Kazuo doesn't know what to do with himself at certain parts mm. of the day. But he, he's been good. He kind of he wakes up every morning and figuring it out, and and makes a little card for Joey, and then uh, goes downstairs and slips it under her door. Um, that's cute every morning that's nice. and then uh yeah yeah he, he's been he's 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 done better than i expected for and she slides back a list of has. her demands mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um but that's yeah yeah so we've been trying it's hard to get a hold of tests in the states because you know most wealthy yes. nation on earth and you know why would yes. we take I'll, care of our... Well, actually, as a New York resident, you know, we're legally required to throw out three of them a day. Exactly, exactly. Um, anyway, anyway, so we've been, you know, doing tests through the week to make sure that none of the rest of us are also passing around. It, it seems like the rest of us have somehow managed to avoid it, even though, you know, we're all in the same house and whatnot. But, uh... Yeah, I mean... I knowing knowing you and kind of like your family situation that is a little bit concerning for other reasons as well so I'm just I'm glad your family's doing okay and your daughter is doing relatively okay yeah you know? yeah she had a hard time for like the first day until I told her like well, you know you can have the switch in there right and then then like a light bulb clicked like oh yeah, no no totally I that that machine can, can come in that. here just fine. It's um, portable. Exactly. And so she's been, she's been fine since then. Um, she's been getting her Splatoon rank even higher than it already was oh, at I this know. point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, she managed to finish all the books she got for Christmas in this, you know, this last week and play, she's been playing a ton of Splatoon and whatnot. Like it's, it's, she's in there writing the great American novel. Exactly. Exactly. Dude, you don't like, that's one of the things when I had gotten COVID last summer. I didn't realize how much time I spend doing other things. So, you know, oh, yeah. when I was, when the Japanese government was sending me the meals and kind of taking care of me in that regard, and um, 
you know, I didn't have to get ready for work. I didn't have to go cook meals. I didn't have mm-hmm. to go to work. I didn't have to do all this stuff. I had so much free time. Yeah. And it, yeah. Was, it was like, granted, it wasn't all sunshine and roses because I was really suffering. I had really bad symptoms. Um, and it was, it was one of the wor- lowest points in my life, to be honest with you. No exaggeration. I was super yeah. sick. But at the same time, I was like, I have so much time to play video games and watch movies and watch TV mm-hmm. shows. And I got caught up on a lot of stuff. You, you don't realize how much free time you would have if you're not doing all these little things here and there. So I'm sure we really she's should like, quit our jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Um, we should have been down to at least a four day work week at this point. But, you know, stonks. Got, but then you might gotta, be happy. Gotta make stonks go up. Um, <laughs> yeah. But then you might be happy. We don't yeah, want to risk yeah, that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, we, we, we don't want happy people. Those happy people yeah. are dangerous. If you, if you guys want to uh, enjoy some more material in that regard, I would recommend you go to the uh, anti-work subreddit and spend some time in there over the next few days. Because mm-hmm. that's what I've been doing. There it's you interesting. Go. Hmm? Mostly I get drunk and watch the anti-union videos on YouTube. <laughs> uh, That's fair enough. Fun. Well, Josh, I'm glad you're here. Hopefully we can put you in a slightly better mood. Um, you know, obviously, uh, condolences to your daughter and your family for having to deal with that. At least she's, you know, relatively safe and okay. But Yeah, yeah, here. yeah. No, like, again, I'm, it's hard to say how much is covid symptoms and how much is the the strep because the the new stuff is so much more heady than the other Mm. older variants that just kind of set in your chest and yeah delta for me was just my body my body was fucking wrecked and i had a a massive headache and um i i did have some nasal stuff and some throat stuff but it was yeah it was more more it felt more like a i don't know i guess like a severe flu with a slight cold and some other things mixed in there to make it even worse than the worst flu I've ever had or worse than the worst cold I've ever had. Mm -hmm. Like I've never been that sick in my life, but yeah, Omicron seems to be more akin to like a, like one of the worst colds you've ever had. If you are feeling the symptoms of it. Mm -hmm. So, well, I hope I hope she cool. recovers quickly, man. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, she should be out of quarantine here before the episode goes up. So, so you know, you can back, give her a should, hug. Should be back to normal. And you everything. have a big digital clock on the door, like tied to a locking mechanism that's going to undo itself when it reaches zero. Mm-hmm. That's yep. fun. Yep, exactly. And by the way, before we get started or any further into this i'm shay layton and i'm happy to kick this About what? shindig off we're gonna Ooh. kick it off right now so uh one of the things that i had planned to do towards the end of the year is i had noticed that you know we we had kind of been avoid and this is not by choice like by choice voluntarily but we were getting into some of these really deep topics last year and I really, like, for me, I really enjoy those kind of topics. I l- really like to get lost in the weeds sometimes and really pick something apart. Because that's weed? how my brain works. I'm someone who just analyzes things to death in my brain. But I also realized a lot of people aren't like that as well. I mean, there are a lot of people like me who do that, but there are also a lot of people who aren't like that. So at the end of last year, 
while we were on our break, I was starting to theorize what would be some interesting topics for us to talk about, which are really good. I feel like entry level topics that everybody has something to say about it. And some of the topics that we've kind of avoided, again, not intentionally, are just kind of sweeping statements, such as like the best platformer, the best racing game, things like that. Like those are things. The FBI killed Martin Luther King. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And those are things that we, that everybody has something to say about. So I, I started thinking to myself, okay, what would some of those topics be for us that we would be absolutely elated to talk about? It would be fun, probably induce a little bit of a friendly disagreement here and there, because I think that's fun sometimes to not always get along and not always think the same thing. And the first one that came to my mind was this topic, the most influential game of the 90s. All three of us grew up in the 90s in some capacity. Um, Josh being the oldest, I'm in the middle, Rich. Uh, I'm still waiting to youngest. grow up, so. <laughs> not, not today, Satan. Yeah, but yeah, I haven't, haven't, haven't decided to pull the trigger on that one yet. I, I wouldn't. Well, well actually, not... you might be more grown up than you think. You said pull the trigger, and that's something I never said as a child. I I mm. say it every night and just talk about how I'm such a coward. <laughs> well, this got dark. God damn. Um, but yeah, I mean, we all grew up in the '90s. I'll put, in some a, I'll put a hotline and, in the show notes. Yeah, so. it's probably a good idea. <laughs> and um, <laughs> we all grew up the '90 in the '90s in some capacity, and we all have an affinity for 90s video games, but it goes beyond that because anyone who grew up in the 90s got to see such a transformation with gaming and how it worked going from SNES, Sega Genesis era to the PS1, N64 era to the PS2, Xbox era, and so on. To see that transformation, and granted the PS2, Xbox era was more in the early 2000s, but um, just to see that huge transformation was so monumental for us uh, as as younger people. So it only made sense that we would kick this year off with a uh, hot and heavy topic like this, not in a sexual way, but just one that I know we're going to have a fun discussion about. So I'm really excited. I've been looking forward to this talk all week. So Rich, I'm going to go ahead and let you kick it off um, because, yeah, I love you. And I, I want you to have the buddy. first say on this. So, so, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah, did, did we even like fully say the question out loud? Yeah. What is the most influential game okay, of the nineties? I, I honestly like. I I knew what the question was, but I was making sure it was like actually iterated to the audience. Okay. Okay. I'll, um, I'll, I'll state it right now. What is the most influential game for all of video gaming that came from the nineteen nineties? Yeah. So I spent all week, much like you, thinking about this in the back of my head and writing down short lists and stuff because. I think the 90s is such a difficult Yeah, you did. Um I think the 90s is such a difficult topic to talk about in this mostly because it's such a huge area of growth for video games like you were kind of just saying. Like the jump from generation to generation was insane during this time period. And I it think was. what I kind of settled on if we're really trying to narrow it down to two games that I think we saw make the most impact, I'm going to go with the game that set the formula for 90% of PlayStation 2 games going forward. Uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. 
Mm. Uh, I think is definitely up there and quite possibly the the most influential. Like that level of 3D action game, not only what it did for Zelda setting a template, like that style of 3D third person action game is where like just people developing for the PlayStation 2 took that idea and ran with it. I yeah, yeah, no. Like I I had a bunch of games in my short list as well. I think Z targeting from Ocarina of Time is kind of the one thing that is if you want to take a single mechanic from a single Me- mechanically, game mechanically the most important thing it yeah, did yeah yeah like the idea of locking on to an enemy in a 3D game was such a I mean it makes it makes perfect sense but like had we had we not figured that out so early on there could have been there could have been a lot more shitty 3D games before we figured out how to do action well if if that somehow didn't get solved early Big on. Big shout out to Star Fox 64 in that regard too because they had to use code from Star Fox to make Z-targeting work properly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in a way also just as important. But yeah, like that, that Z-targeting alone I think makes it in the conversation and then I think of how many action games just iterated upon the very bare bones ideas of a 3d action game that zelda put forward with ocarina in particular mm-hmm. hmm. so you both are agreeing that it is ocarina of time no no i'm saying that was on my short list oh okay 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 well okay that's an interesting choice rich and it's not a bad choice i think that was in my short list as well um that was one of the few Zelda games I played as a child, actually, and I really loved my time with that game, and I would agree with you. It is a huge benchmark for a lot of action-adventure games that have come since that game is released. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm going to let you go first, Josh, because I still are before me, because I'm still... I'm Just still say like, it. Jumping Flash. <laughs> I do like that game a lot, especially Jumping <laughs> Flash 2. Big trouble in Little Moo. I do. Nobody like maybe one person out there in like fucking Kazakhstan got that reference or something. It's okay, Mm -hmm. buddy. (laughs) I love Jumping Flash too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Good game. This is, but yeah, I'll I'll let you go ahead, Josh. (laughs) This is a tough one because the '90s were the same decade that. Personal computing took off in such a massive... Like, it was a thing before then. Like, it was... Like, yes, people had consoles before. Like, it, the, Are you going to say Half-Life? No, no, no. The... The um, the enthusiast market was there beforehand, but the, <coughs> the affordability of, of games became such a... There were computers in schools starting to happen in the 90s. Um, Get on that Apple II, baby. Yeah, there was, there was a ton of cool stuff going on there. Um, and I think kind of taking advantage of that shareware model and, and also making it to consoles as well by man- managing to straddle the gap there and make making games something so much more approachable to everyone else because 
well, you, you, you can, there's a map editor in here. I can make levels. I think Doom is the most influential game of the 90s. I love that you said that. I'm also shocked as fuck that you said that, and I love it. Doom and Quake were probably the other, like, two closest on my short list. It's, it's, I mean, I, I feel like that is super influential for just the reason that we called first-person shooters Doom clones for a decade after that game came out before we decided to give it its own name. Be like, this is a genre, like, it's, yeah. Yeah, they were Doom clones. Um, it was that big. Um. And, I mean, they're and still like being I said, made now, even. Yeah, no, like actual Doom clones, like going it, going back to that this formula. But set the the base for like mm-hmm. what shooters would be, and I I want to say while you were on this the, the Doom bit here, uh, Josh, I even at one point was it's so hard to pinpoint what is the most influential shooter at that point because during the '90s, shooters are introduced and then iterated on, and it's oh, like yeah, yeah, you talk like we're talking about constant. era where both. Doom and Goldeneye happened. Like Doom, the game that like made shooters a thing, and Goldeneye, the thing that kind of revolutionized them in the console space. Yeah, yeah. Um, the reason I went with Doom more so was the level editors and and that side of it because I feel like a ton of of developers got their kind of that, that first inkling of oh, I can I can make a game. Um, from something like that. And kind of like I said before, that a lot of that came from the early PC, or not PC, because it wasn't even PC at that, well, I mean, I guess it was PC, it's personal computers in general, but not, not the Windows side of things. It was not a Windows PC. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Um, like that early PC Home thing. computers. Home computing was a big thing, especially in the UK. Like a ton of studios popped up there from people kind of, finding a homebrew market and, and just kind of computers building a community. Um, but I feel like that kind of hit as close to mainstream as it was going to get with, with doom, um, being such a huge thing, at least in the West. I'm, I'm not sure it's it's history elsewhere. Shareware is a big part of that as well. Like doom didn't invent the idea of shareware, but I think, Doom is probably the reason most people know what shareware is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, a version of Doom with however many levels was on literally every computer in the 90s. Yeah, mm. that is true. That is true. I um, I think it's interesting because I, I kind of thought that GoldenEye 007 would be on the short list for me. But when I started thinking about Doom, actually, I think GoldenEye built on what doom created the only thing that really set itself apart from doom for me was the multiplayer aspect and obviously that's such a huge and revolutionary thing for now and i can't like that can't be understated at all oh yeah because so many people utilize multiplayer now and um goldeneye had a big hand in that but uh yeah I, i don't think i could put goldeneye ahead of doom at the end of the day agreed but um yeah that's a really good choice i'm glad you picked that josh i you know to be honest with you all week this has been a really difficult choice for me because i you know i will talk about the listener comments a little bit later but of course i posted this on our instagram for our listeners to comment on and hearing all of their different remarks and i had people dm me and discuss their choices with me and 
kind of uh, talk through some of the things with me. And I spent time like being like, oh, yeah, you're actually kind of right about that. Actually, you're kind of right about that. And it was kind of like pulling me different ways. And it was pulling me away from the choice that I knew in my heart that I fully believe mm. is the right choice. Um, obviously that, that there's a grain of salt with that. Cause I don't truly believe there's one definitive game. It's like talking about the greatest of all time for any sport. I think you it's can answer this mm-hmm. in like, if you, if you were to break it down to genres, I think you can come up with an objectively more correct answer. But yes. to say for video games as a whole, it's so there's massive. no real answer here. Yeah, kind of like as, yeah, like the '90s. Like I was saying earlier, there's such a it's gigantic an era of such growth. swing in yeah. in hardware from the video beginning games advance in ten years in ways some things never advance change at all. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I like I was struggling you know, thinking about this. And I was like, I, I have to have the perfect answer. I have to have the definitive answer. I was putting that pressure on myself. And I realized, <laughs> you know what? No, I'm going to pick the answer I know for me, I believe is the right, what I believe is the right answer. And it's this game that my father brought home that he borrowed from one of his coworkers way back in the day, 1997. I remember after he got my PlayStation 1 and he brought this game home and I looked at it and I said, what the hell is this? This looks like garbage and then i played it for five minutes and was hopelessly addicted and because this game had so much narrative in it it was next level it looked truly next level the scope and the scale of it was far beyond anything we had ever seen up until this point and i know you guys are expecting a joke here it's not coming i'm just building up to something (laughs) i can say like josh i can tell that smirk like what the fuck's he gonna say i know some jokes coming but no Final Fantasy VII, I believe, is sure. the most influential yeah. game of the 1990s. And um, it's to me, I was trying to talk myself out of it. I was trying to say, it's Super Mario 64. It's Pokemon Red and Blue. It's this game. It's that game. But for me, I don't believe that. Because um, some, mm. of the, some of the greatest games that have been enjoyed in the past 10 to 15 years, besides you know the Call of Duties, um, Fortnite, things like that, the games that people have really enjoyed, The Last of Us, The Uncharted's, um, any narrative-driven game, even Halo, you could say this to some regard. Hubert. Hubert. But that... What? Um, now, uh, the, the, the scope of this narrative and the influence at, that it has had, for better or worse, on gaming is unparalleled and you can yes you can look at something like final fantasy 6 which also had a phenomenal narrative in it and you can look at other games of past but it did not have the scope that this narrative had yeah Um, yeah seven was the one that really hit the west in a big way Um, and it shaped it also like it's such a big shaper like we were saying before with if you want to like target genres like final fantasy 7 set the tone for what japanese role-playing games were going to be yeah yeah, yeah it like was still in in most ways. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if you don't make an RPG without understanding what that game did at this point. Um it was just right. it is absolutely a touchstone um for for storytelling games. Yeah, and I mean, I think it extended beyond that, too, because I think it was the first game that I can remember, and this is more personal than actual evidence, but 
I'm just saying because I might have some limitations in knowledge here that really utilize the full um, full motion video to the scope that it used it. I, I can't remember a game before that that did it that well. It was, it was definitely just, pushing the boundaries of yeah. FMV well, stuff, and we'd see more than that as time went on. I mean, on, outside but... of the PC space, yeah, that was that was that was it. Um, there, PC always had some weird stuff going on, just because the install base were kind of freaks. Because it, mm. again, during that decade, the prices were going down, but it was still a niche market. It was it was it was still p- an expensive hobby. Yeah, yeah. Home computing in the '90s was kind of like uh, VR now. As far as yes. you know, the 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 extra investment that you're you know not going to really see a huge return from, but you, there's some there's some absolute amazing stuff on there um, because they were just making just weird shit. They were they were really exploring and experimenting, and I hope that that kind of level of creativity goes to VR. But uh, you know. Getting back to Final Fantasy, one of the seven, I, one of the other things I really want to mention is that there were there were studios obviously before this, and there were some bigger studios and some smaller studios. But because of this game, because of how the the scope and how big it was, not only did they spend millions and millions of dollars on this game, but they had to increase their staff exponentially because of how how big. Mm. The scope was of the game, and that also led to these mega company or these mega yeah these mega companies and these mega developers being created. Um, uh, so that's know, what ruined this games. game. Kind of shaped- so it all worked out in the end. <laughs> I mean the 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 scope of this game had had caused a need for a bunch of developers and contractors to be working on one game. That kind of paved the way for these huge AAA developing companies. And it's about um, how big business is bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's there's uh, some more in, that goes into that as well. But so yeah, so much I, um, irony. Yeah. <laughs> too kind much of amazing. Too much, as some would say. But no, it's uh, yeah, I, I was trying I, like there's no one choice for this, but there there are so many good games and groundbreaking games that came out in the nineties and I'm just glad that I grew up in that era. You know, like when I think about something like rock and roll or metal or jazz, I wasn't there for, you know, the, the beginnings uh, or never the, got the to huge... see Herbie Hancock live. That's right. <laughs> um, you, you didn't get to see those huge pivotal changes in the early beginnings of some of those genres of music. So for me and music's, another one of those things that I really, really love. So to be able to grow up during this era, I feel in some ways kind of privileged as to some of the generations now, but I'm sure the generations now um, will also get to kind of experience that jump as it seems like VR is going to be making some noticeable leaps here in the next few years. But man, I can't really, I can't really disagree with either of your guys' choices is the interesting thing there. Um, I think you both have a, you, a compelling case for that being the most influential game of the '90s. If you, either one of you had said Super Mario 64, I would have said absolutely. I was, that was another on the short list, just because yeah, again, it, that was my number it, it two. Figured out 3D movement so so wonderfully. It's, even the camera, it's not perfect, but it's a really good 3D camera for the time. It's yeah. much better than 
basically everything else we got for another decade. It's very true. Uh, also written on my short list. This wasn't really a pick, but I just felt like something I should say. Uh, it just says, Ape Escape is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> How did yeah. I know that was, was going to make the show? Oh, uh, that's funny. Um, what were some other kind of runner-ups that you guys had in all seriousness for your well, short list? Every, <laughs> everything we've got over uh, was on my short list, actually, in- including your choice, Jay. Good. Um, Super Mario 64, obviously. Uh, another big one for me was Half-Life. Yeah. Mm. Um, and that kind of extends into what Josh is talking about with the PC space still being pretty niche. But um, I feel like Half-Life was that first almost like hipsterous extent to be like, we could tell deeper narratives with these shooter games. And yeah. that like it succeeds at it and sets a tone for a story that will never be finished. <laughs> yeah. Well, I... I think that's a really good point. You know, I don't have much experience with Half-Life. Obviously, Final Fantasy VII has such a huge influence on narrative, not only with just RPGs, but across the board. But yeah, I think Half-Life was the first one to really do that so extensively outside of the RPG space. With It's the like one of the first, you know, high-concept sci-fi shooters. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I, I want, like... In all seriousness, I wonder if we would get something like a Mass Effect. Had oh Half-Life. yeah, no, yeah, everything from Mass Effect to Halo is heavily influenced by like you know things like uh, Half Life and System Shock. Hmm. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Let's read some of the listener comments. I know that like we didn't discuss this too heavily. And there's a lot, been a lot less bloodshed than I thought there was going to be. <laughs> I think but, all uh, of us went in with the correct attitude that, like, there is no right answer to this. Yeah, there are like, so the only way many you're right get, answers. Th- yeah, there's no way. The only way there's going to be any, like, animosity is if someone says something that is just ridiculously untrue. <laughs> um, and I wasn't really in the mood to do that this week. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, some other choices as well that because I, I sent you guys that graphic that I made for um yeah for social media some of the other pictures that i put on there were uh tony hawk's pro skater one yeah definitely uh, i mean pokemon it... red and blue super mario kart for the snes mm-hmm. um <laughs> this one i shouldn't have put on there <laughs> i did it because i wanted to see if anybody would call me out i put tekken 2 on there <laughs> jesus christ first of all Tekken that's 3. Even, that's not even an influential Tekken game. That's not even the good Tekken. You want Tekken <laughs> 3 on there? Actually, both of them are really damn good. I like, in all seriousness, I thought about Tekken from the space of like um arcade, and then I was like, wait, there's been Street Fighter this whole time. Yeah. What am I doing? Street, so I was like, Street, I'm just gonna Street, fucking leave it. Street Fighter 2, my guy. I do I do a retro show. We did a whole episode about it. I know. Mm-hmm. Uh the first Resident Evil. Yeah. Um Metal Gear Solid 1. Yep. Also on my those, short list. Yeah. Those are some of them. But uh, let's get to some of the listener comments. So Kelly A. Mach- Matur- Amateuro Eating. I always struggle to say her name. Uh, good buddy of the... Say it. Good buddy of ours. Said Final Fantasy VII. wonder why you read that, was, that one first. And all I said was, huh. yep. That's the first one at the top. Look. I know. I'm just being an asshole. I'm going in order. Yeah. Off my back. That's how he made his deal. choice, Rich. It was just it was at I the top oh, there. He's like, <laughs> he's like, the show's starting in five minutes. Fuck, I better like, uh, that one. 
<laughs> I just only picked that one. Okay, and we're done with the listener comments for today. Uh, Gagory98, another friend of ours, said Doom. And that's All right. A, that's how I knew when, when Josh picked it. I was like, hey, he's in, he's in good company. He's also reading the comments. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, uh, Rich, you'll be pretty happy about this. Our good buddy sure. JT Ruiz, our good buddy Justin, said Street Fighter 2 has yeah. to be up there. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. That that defined the fighting game space. That that it changed arcades in the U.S. and Japan. Um, if anyone's interested and wants to hear three grown men talk about Street Fighter Two for almost two hours, uh, you should <laughs> listen to uh, our most recent chomping at the bits episode. Okay, I won't. But um, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, sell, buddy. Actually, I, I've uh, been meaning to listen to that. I have. It's it's been in mind back of my mind so I'll, I'll make a priority in all seriousness but yeah he said that and then um another one of our patrons and friends good buddy of ours beefy gamers said mortal Kombat. yeah i, I think from, from a Kombat, societal standpoint yeah that that yeah, kind of kicked off a ton of games. the the oh my god are two game are games too violent which is just stuff. silly in yeah. retrospect i don't mortal think it's but 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 from a ESRB cultural rating. level yeah like this that yeah. again, like a, a lot of this question is like, what? How how are you looking at it? Because Mortal Kombat, I think culturally, absolutely. absolutely, I think it's less important for fighting games than Street Fighter by a pretty large margin because it's just not as good of a game mechanically. Um, but it is, yeah, culturally definitely super. Yeah, important. but something that just kind of captured the public's imagination, uh, which is yeah, kind of that's kind of how I feel like about the Tony Hawk one as well. Like, yeah, that was culturally such a big thing, but I kind of feel like not as influential on on gaming after the fact quite as much it didn't merge too much out of a genre but like we still get skateboarding games today because Tony Hawk is so good Mm -hmm. um i mean that's gonna be i think there's a i think there's a case to be made at looking at it from a cultural aspect i know this this analogy is probably gonna get a little bit lost on you guys but um i know we have some listeners out there who probably understand it alan iverson our ai is often considered one of the best point guards of all time in the NBA. And um, I've heard horror stories about AI going rogue. <laughs> System shock, what we were talking about, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh he like he was an impressive point guard for his time. He had uh, some years where he was one of the best in the league. But mm-hmm. his impact on the game of basketball went far beyond that of being on the court because he before that time when you were on the bench you had to dress in suits and you had to present yourself a certain way and ai just bucked that culture that the nba had tried and set up for the players and said no i'm gonna wear what i want i'm gonna represent how i want to represent who i am you know the fashion i want to wear and now the nba we have a, a whole culture of people wearing what they want to the games and um just having their own fashion and their own style and they show up and they are groups of people that watch to see um, fashion people and just people in general who watch to see the NBA players when they come into um, the arena to play what they're wearing. It's a bold statement to make when Dennis Rodman is right there wearing whatever he wants and kowtowing (laughs) to whatever dictator he wants. Whatever he could find. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Dennis Rodman is another one of the two as well. I'd say both of them um had such an influential mark in regards to or yeah, yeah and it, 
in regards to that. So, so in a way, we really owe a lot to Kim Jong Un. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we really do. But I, I kind of think of it in that way for Mortal Kombat as well. Um, the, I, I would say there are yeah, some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There could be a case as well for, um, the influence it had on the fighting genre as a whole, just because of the fatality aspect of it having you know final amazing incredible moves and mm-hmm. um i think there would be a slight case made for it there not as strong of one but somebody wanted to make it who's more knowledgeable than me i'm sure they could yeah i'd be open to it uh dead poet alumni said legend of dragoon for me and i think this is more of uh their personal choice than it is influential for all of gaming um i you know i can't I can't agree with that in terms of it being for all a gaming, but for I uh, like Legend per- of Dragoon and I I yeah I, I fall in the same kind of like I like that game, but I don't think it made a big impact I, on anyone. I here's what I will say. I love that game and it is consistently the number one game I see online for people begging for a remake or a remaster of that game. So it definitely has some odd, level considering they're online and you can easily find, you know, some sort of ROM out there. Then I'm there. sure people just want a more modernized version On the of internet. That. Yeah. Um I, I will say I will say that from a personal standpoint, yeah, I think that game is incredible. And yeah. I think that yeah. it it remains one of the most underrated games from that era. And it's weird to say that because you know, I just said yeah, it is it had one a, of the it had most a good requested. cult following. So like that yeah, yeah. I don't I heard about that game a ton growing up cuz well, cuz I hung out with nerds, but you know, um, yeah, it was it was absolutely one of the kind of cult games that not everyone had played, but but if yeah. if if you knew about it, you you knew about it. Um, exactly, exactly. Um, another one of good our good buddies and patrons, caked up seven thirteen, um, made a really good choice. Castlevania Symphony of the Night, easy choice. Absolutely. Oh yeah. And the but- the reason I will say that Josh mentioned and you, Rich, in some regards, also mentioned that Doom. Um, was an influence and became its own kind of subgenre, like Doom-like shooters. Symphony same Night's thing could same, be said about this game. Like same deal, yeah. Metroidvanias. Another great chomping at the bits episode. You could listen. I to. was, I was mm-hmm. hoping you would plug mm-hmm. that as well. Kind of funny that, yeah, those both chop, chopped up, popped up. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, it's that's a game I didn't, I don't have a lot of experience with, but I really enjoyed. Um, I've enjoyed what i've seen of the game i've enjoyed hearing people like rich and other people talk about it and the thing is the influence that that game has had on a lot of the games that i've enjoyed in the past six yeah. years is and monumental is, uh, i mean you you can listen to that uh chomping at the bits episode but uh, I'm, I'm actually currently in the middle of it because I, I because of that episode I, I needed to go back and, and replay it um it is it is a tough thing to go back to because like it's it's not bad, but it is obtuse. It's a obtuse and and b like just rough in a way that a lot of a lot of the games afterwards kind of well figured out after it's the fact. Fun, it's funny in a sense because um I think part of it is definitely knowing the game, but I feel like definitely hard to say if you never played it. I feel like it's just as much fun to pick up all these years later. If you've never played it before, you might want to do so with a guide just because like I said, it is, it is obtuse. Like yeah. 
there's some really unintuitive things and if you don't go get x thing you're not gonna get anywhere um i recommend everyone just sit there listening to a podcast and killing mermen for 45 minutes at the beginning of the game <laughs> uh, just get some experience in yeah yeah um it's funny i i Bloodstained is kind of his his latest game. In um, Rockies, yeah. And and you c- there's so much of the old school style that he he stuck into that as far as the just obtuse stuff that you find in there in in in, in weird ways by just deciding to do, you know, what if, what if I do this thing? And and, it, and it's generally kind of rewarded in in yes. one way or another. Um but also not quite as brutal as as the older games because that was you know games should be hard was was something we were still getting over in the nineties. Symphony Symphony of the Night is not Rondo of Blood Hard, and like yeah, the difference is, and we we get into this a little bit in that chomping at the bits episode about like the way difficulty was viewed when making a game uh like Symphony of the Night at the time. The attitude was well, some of these bosses are really hard, but you could just sit there and grind and turn yeah. Alucard into a monster. I don't think in modern day that like, well, you could just grind for 40 hours is an acceptable answer, but it was back then. Yeah. 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 It's to be honest with you, the influence that that, that game has had and you know, you could make the case for um, Metroid as well has had on gaming uh, even to now is obviously I can speak to the influence that it has had subsequently, not to, their direct influence but the the influence of now because i enjoy metroidvania yeah. that's one of my favorite subgenres um of all time now in gaming so i mm-hmm. i just i'm so appreciative that something like this game castlevania symphony of the night came out so i can enjoy the games that i enjoy now absolutely yeah, yeah. um uh our good buddy tacos to go said half life which rich you are in good company it's good to hear that each one each one of our choices has been backed up by it's been yeah know. like things we have mentioned have made it here in some form or another yeah yeah absolutely uh troy to go a good buddy of ours said pokemon yeah you know absolutely yeah. like especially culturally kind of like we were saying earlier that one yeah. absolutely captured the imagination of of the public um yeah. more so or pikachu than... being mickey mouse levels of recognizable yeah, in the world yeah. nowadays uh, like not just like again a great RPG formula and like affecting JRPGs, but also creature collecting RPGs mm-hmm. are just basically a subgenre at this point. Exactly, exactly. Um, that that that's one that I kind of expected to come up from the three of us as far as just you know being influential on on multiple levels. Um, but like especially culturally, I feel like that's one that just hit the mainstream consciousness in a way that a lot of games didn't. Um. Yeah, like yeah. that's it's hard to argue with the other. Pikachu is the Mickey Mouse of Japan. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, Pikachu is even bigger than Mickey Mouse. Of course, a lot of people in Japan know Mickey Mouse because a lot of people like going to Disneyland and Disney Sea. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean like exclusively. Like he's only known and popular in Japan. Oh yeah, no, no. Like, he's he's the Mickey Mouse that hails from Japan. This character created in Japan that is like. Everyone in the world knows who Pikachu yeah, is. Yeah, on the same level as far as, you know, ask anyone who this is. Like, my is fucking, my we'll fucking grandma knows who Pikachu is. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, and I wasn't saying that that's what you were saying. I was. Um, no, no, no. Just, I just wanted to know, clarify to some more context to Japan. Yeah. No, it's mm-hmm. it's when you say that, like I realize how easily what I'm saying can be muddled. So I just wanted to clarify. Well, no, and I just wanted to clarify on what you said that what I was responding to that you had originally. No, said. you're the most handsome. <laughs> I wanted to keep that going. If we're done sucking each other off, let's move on. Okay. Um, <laughs> and to speak to what you guys were saying, Hayden B. 2112 said in terms of strongest global impact easily pokemon so yeah yeah uh that person yeah i think that's fair and hayden by the way if that is in reference to rush um i love you just in case you're hearing this and uh getty lee fucking rules but i'm I'm trying to imagine how that okay well 2112 oh 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 i I was thinking <laughs> not the, the heat and deep part. The twenty. I'm like, what? How in the fuck is this a rush thing? I'm like, Josh, no, that you, makes, had that a, makes... you had a brain fart. I that well, never I happens. fucking I tune out those numbers because generally it's they fucking mean nothing. Generally, well, I've mm-hmm. learned um, through five seconds of Facebook stalking that, or not Facebook, uh, Instagram stalking that he is a bassist and vocalist and songwriter for a band. There so you go. I can only so it's assume. probably a safe bet. That's probably Prob- a safe yeah, bet. Safe, safe bet. Yeah, safe bet. I'm just saying, Hayden, if this is a rush yeah, reference. Yeah, no. Yeah. I generally tune me. out the numbers. If it's, if it's 69, I'll instinctively, just reflectively say nice. As but other than does. that, they get nice. tuned out in my brain. Numbers so. are, you are crazy. a nice warlock after all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More like um, Warcock. One of our Greatest of buddies, our good buddy Tawny, said, and uh, Rich, this one's for you, I would say Half-Life is a strong contender. It was really one of the first games where a shooter could also tell a compelling story. Final Fantasy VII, for making Japan see that EU also likes RPGs. Mortal Kombat, for making it so that games should be rated. Yeah, kind of hit a bunch uh, yeah, of notes I'll, we were talking about already. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a bunch of stuff we yeah. ran through. I think I think a lot of us are of the same mind about this this topic. Mm-hmm. We come from the same ilk, if you will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, JSC Yarto, good buddy Je- uh, Jeffrey. Haven't seen him in quite some time. It's good to see, you, buddy. Said Final Fantasy three. I still think about the characters in that at least once a week. I assume he means six because I don't think three came to the West outside of fan translations. During the 90s. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm going to assume he means six because, especially if he's saying he still thinks about the characters, three's characters are basically like the real threes. I'm assuming he means. What do you have against Doga? Fuck Doga. I. Three's (laughs) not. Four four is the first time anyone cares about the story in Final Fantasy, besides it being like a D&D module you picked up off the floor. Yeah. Um, It's funny. I I raided with with a mage named Doga for years. And you're uh, like, really? That's what you're. That's what you're hanging yeah. your hat on. Well, I mean, he was from Brazil, so you kind of assume, you know, you know, they just got that the day before. Yeah, exactly. It just happened. Final Fantasy um, three just just got there. Yeah, no, I'm assuming he means Final Fantasy three for the SNES, which would be Final Fantasy six. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I would imagine so. Uh, w J Danilo mm-hmm. said Super Mario sixty four, three D Revolution, and yeah, Street yeah. Fighter two. Hell yeah. Yep, yep. Um, pause that game, up co- that resolution. His hands are in the fireball. He didn't know before. Now you know. Now you know. Um, this is probably one of the greatest comments I could ever read, um, to be honest with you guys. Our good buddy Reeve Matt said comments. Shining Force. Not going to try anymore. 
Shining Force. Mm. Shining Force. You pander, pander much there? Yeah, Is like, it... I mean, he's just kissing your ass, because we all know that's not true. Like, no, he was, he was, he was fucking with me. I said, yeah. li- like, all, in all honesty, I said, listen, man, as much as I would love to agree, I won't be selling anyone on that choice. And he said, especially since it came out after Fire Emblem. So I was like, yeah. I, I really mm. wish I had seen that comment earlier, because I would have just tagged you both in it and been like, you guys talk about that shitty mobile game? <laughs> It's not even out yet. How do you know it's shit? I know. That's why it's, that's why it's even funnier. <laughs> Listen, Rich, there are a few things you can say that will piss me off. You, you, hit the, you hit the one, and you know you hit the one. I know you know you hit it. I know that's what you're trying to do, and it fucking worked. All right, look. I'm okay with being predictable here. Don't you fucking talk shit about Shining Force. I will fly to New York just to kick your fucking ass. And I love you, I'm but I will kick your ass. <clears throat> Better watch your mouth. Josh. I mean, if, if the attack doesn't next. miss, if you think you're gonna get through six <laughs> old Russian men who barely speak English to get to me, then you've never been in a building. <laughs> then you got another thing coming. Oh man, mm. uh, beefy gamers. Act- actual comment for him was because um, he was re- responding to somebody else about the Mortal Kombat, but he said, "For myself, it's Madden." From the outside looking in, oh, Super yeah. Mario 64 was probably one of the most ambitious and most influential games of the 90s. So, for himself, Madden, for the question as a whole, Super Mario 64. Yeah. No, sure. that, that's, that's, that's an aspect I hadn't thought of, but as far as... I think as, Madden's definitely a reasonable choice. Kind of coming at the cultural thing from the other angle, like what's going to get people into gaming from, from the outside, and that was, I, I feel like Joe a lot Joe Montana of, uh, football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the the sports games were a big thing. They're the 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 gamer who buys the yearly Madden release was is is a stereotype for a reason, and it's it's it really it is it's an entryway to gaming. Like, well, I have this machine. I may maybe I should play something else on it. Sort of a thing. Um, it's part of the reason I invented my rule where I only buy Madden every three years. <laughs> Because by then, there's bound to be a few new features. Yeah. No, but I mean, again, like, culturally, I I feel like... Oh, yeah, it's definitely important. Yeah. Definitely hugely important, which leads us to our number one question we haven't had a chance to to discuss. I just want a quick uh, thought process from you guys on this. Do they continue to use the John Madden game in these... uh, Name in these games now that he has passed, and how long does that continue? I think yes. I think they're going to continue. I think yes, also because I think for well, it depends on what his estate wants to do, I guess, because I don't know how the deal worked or how they continue to shake that out. But my main thought is like, for so many people, John Madden isn't a person and never was. It's a series of video games. Like the name has outgrown the man. Yeah, no. At this point, I think Madden the name had way more stock placed in it. Then John Madden, the the man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the the name was bigger when the series started, and at this point, if you say Madden, your brain goes to the game first. Even if you're not a gamer, it's like, oh. It's no longer about him, it's just recognizable now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I I feel like, in all all jokes aside, I think it's like saying something like a Foreman grill. There are people who don't know who George Foreman was, but they associate it with, you know, the cooking. um, Yeah. mm -hmm cooking what what those little port those little those little portable grills yeah yeah appliance that's the word i was yeah there you're looking for (laughs) how did i forget that word god damn but uh penis 
Yeah, no, I, I told Beefy Gamers that I think for the same reason that Madden was such an influential game for the 90s, I think NBA Jam would also have a case in that field, probably not as much as Madden, but that that game was also wildly influential to getting sports lovers into video games. I will say yeah. the um the last time I enjoyed an NBA game was NBA Jam, back when we were allowed to have fun while playing sports games. It's yeah. kind of like what I always say when I bring up NFL Blitz, and I'm like, you remember when sports games used to not have to be super like simmy and self serious, and we could just yeah. have fun. I I will tell you, one of my greatest memories about NBA Jam, and is when I was a kid, is when I lived in base housing, and I was playing with some neighborhood kids or some local people, and we were playing basketball on this court, and there's this one kid who was just fucking throwing elbows and tackling people. And we were all like, dude, what the, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm playing basketball. And we're like, no, you're not. You're not allowed to push people, tackle people, throw elbows. And he's like, well, that's what happens when I play the video game. And I was like, are you playing NBA Jam? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, that's a video game. That's not the rules of the game. Uh, I was like, you can't do this shit. Yeah, they don't call a lot in that game. Yeah. It's the street, motherfucker. Mm -hmm. They only call goaltending in that game. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the only penalty in that game. Right, oh my exactly. god! Yeah, I, I I love those games growing up. Oh, so no, I do, I do the, too. Uh, I just yeah, it's, the it's 2011 funny. version was so good. I wish it would release a new one. Hmm. So, but uh, we have a few more quick comments to get to, and then we will wrap this topic up. Bebop Man 182, good buddy of ours, said, "I see a bunch of the more recognizable titles have already been talked about, so I want to throw one out that hasn't." Resident Evil. While it wasn't the first survival horror genre game, it was the one that coined the term and more or less popularized the genre. Without it and its success, I'm not sure you would get games like Silent Hill or Fatal Frame or The Evil Within. Not to mention, it has its own long-lasting career legacy with eight mainline title entries and a ton of spin-off titles. Yeah. And I said, and I agreed with him, and I said, not only that, but it's had had a um a movie series and the first one was a bad. decent consider at the time considered a decent game to movie film there's we really had low standards back then yeah those those are really gritted on a curb in a way that's that's not worth justifying with with discussion after the fact but but like um, yeah we all think Mila Jovovich is hot it's not a good movie yeah yeah that's why the movie was made um yeah um, but the original Resident Evil is why zombies are a thing. Period. That would have died out without Resident Evil One. They they the the whole concept of zombies had basically been played out, given been up on, done to death in fiction at that point until mm. they kind of reinvigorated that. And, and I I really think. All of the zombie craze of the last decade and a half is directly attributable to Resident Evil One. So thanks so a lot, Capcom. From, from the cultural aspect, absolutely, that is is hugely, yeah. hugely influential. Um, in in like just even with the, if you think about zombies at this point, period, that game is kind of. Again, kind of the it's the, one of those things that is synonymous of, with the term zombies. Yeah, yeah, like kind of that reinvented 
what a zombie was uh, as far as the, you know, kind of science gone wrong, virus sort of. Um, Resident Evil zombies are like a touchstone for like what you think of when you think of zombies. Yeah. They've yeah. become a lot of other things since then in other games. Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. But zombies, but, but I, at those this point, original games. Yeah. No, at this point, I feel like that is a stronger influence on culture as a whole than the the voodoo zombies of you know like the 50s and 60s um yeah 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 i would, I would agree. agree with you on that yeah those haven't i can't remember the last time i've seen anything akin to that in modern oh yeah media. yeah no like it, it completely got replaced by by the you know the resident evil take the science it. fiction zombie mm-hmm. science fiction nerds um bunch of fucking glasses microscope using dorks fucking fucks uh chills.exe said has to be the game boy pokemon games you can't deny the cultural impact that behemoth of a franchise has made the early days of pokemon go were the closest the world has come to world peace it's humble (laughs) it's addictive it's wholesome and it drives people crazy that was that was the only time the the (sighs) doomsday clock was ever rolled back at at any point in history was 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 the week that pokemon go came out that yeah. those that summer, what all I'll remember specifically is being down at the beach and you you're, you're running around in some brush looking for a Pokemon, and this big jack dude in a tank top like sticks out of the bush. He goes, "Hey!" And everybody looks and he goes, "The pony toss over here, you guys." <laughs> <laughs> dude, I yeah, that was such a cool experience. Like you'd go to a park and there are a hundred plus people there, all just collecting Pokemon and this talking. Bulbasaur over here. Hmm. I like. I remember I was doing. I don't know if you guys. Well, Rich, you wouldn't remember this. Josh, you might remember this. This is when we first started, like getting getting back, like talking and talking about doing sword chomp and figuring out the name and stuff. I was doing field work during the summer. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I was doing bee research, helping this undergrad or this uh, grad student. And on my break times, I would pull out Pokemon Go out in on the fucking farm in the. Uh, a few minutes outside of town and there was a gym out there and I was fucking defending it every day. <laughs> and I was catching Pokemon in between doing my field research and uh, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. Yep. A lot of I, Beedrill I, out there? I did not. I no, wish. That would have been. Uh, Cause, have cause you ever the seen the, the Paris picture, Rich? Have I ever sent you that? <laughs> I don't want to see a picture of your penis. <laughs> <laughs> So you at least know the story, but you haven't seen the picture. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad you at least know the story. Um, I'll send it to you later. Not as <laughs> it's a legendary picture around here. Uh, last four comments. Bite, Bites Zabuto said Ocarina of Time for myself. Uh, the Ginger Express said Super Mario 64 Street Fighter 2. Same mm-hmm. as uh, Kenyon Chowmain said Street Fighter 2, and Not Human 134 said Half Life. So, lots of varied choices it's there. Kind of crazy because pretty much every game we mentioned came up at some point, and there wasn't a ton of variation beyond that. Hmm. No, I mean, like, for personal choices, obviously, there's going to be some inevitable variability there, and as sure. well, there should be. Because, you know, if I was being honest with you guys, I would probably say Shining Force for myself right um that's a totally different question though but yeah 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 yeah, exactly exactly Exactly. but um yeah i 
I I think that we we kind of ran the gamut of what what possible choices there could be for that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, cool. Yeah, that that was that was a really fun topic to discuss. I think because it allows us to be nostalgic, but it also relates to modern day. So we're not just sitting yeah, here, yeah, filleting the past. We're we're doing it for a reason. So yeah, we got our hands on those balls for a reason. Yeah. Speaking of balls, I just sent you the uh, Paris picture. <laughs> just look at it. I don't want it. Get it over with. Can we go to break? <laughs> we are going to break right now. <laughs> but uh, we'll be right back after uh, these short, fine messages. Ah, the summer breeze. The sun is beaming. The waves are crashing. Life is good. Mister! Mister! Uh, m- what? Mm. What in the blazes is going on? X-Tree! X-Tree! Read all about it! Read what, lad? Spit it out! How did you find me on vacation? Swordjump has tank tops, beach towels, and much more over at store.swordjump.com! Store.swordjump.com? Store.swordchomp.com Store.swordchomp.com Yes! Store.swordchomp.com Store.swordchomp.com Yes, damn it! (sighs) It worked. I can enjoy my afternoon nap in peace. Hey, mister, did you hear about store.store.com? And you know what I also love, guys? Mm. That we're back with the Chompcast after our extended break. Uh, We got... (laughs) We were talking about some stuff uh, behind I'll, the scenes. I'll release that the potato. Just put I'll, the I'll release potato the potato cast for patrons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> patrons will get the potato cast. You want a fifteen-minute podcast about potatoes? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You come over to the Patreon, Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/SwordChomp, and you'll get to hear more about that. But um, we're going to talk about some games that we played this week. We didn't get to play much, unfortunately. I know personally, I was super busy this week. Uh, didn't get enough time to play video games, but I got some in. And one of the games that we all kind of played to varying degrees recently was Halo Infinite. Now, we talked about it a few weeks ago. I put some more time into it since then. Um, we're going to be doing a Chomping After Dark on that, actually, which will be going up for the patrons here in a few days. But, um, yeah, let's get into it a little bit more. I, um, sure. I'll kind of start off the conversation a little bit here. So... I'm not finished, but I'm fairly close to being done. And one of the things that I decided... Am I the only one that's done? I think so. Yeah, I'm about halfway through. You see me all. One of the things I started doing was I was doing all the little side missions, which I really did enjoy. There's nothing wrong with them. I have nothing bad to say about those. Those little side missions are a lot of fun. I enjoy them. I'll send you a pamphlet about (laughs) self-harm. Um, I always enjoy side missions, but I, at some point I was like, okay, I, I I do want to get further in this campaign and like, see if the story comes to some kind of greater cohesion. 
so to speak. And we're not going to talk. Alert, too... It doesn't. We're not going to talk too much about the story um, here, but um, what what I will say is is that I am enjoying how the game is rolling out some of the abilities that you get in multiplayers such as like i like how they rolled out the grappling hook then i like how they rolled out the 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 shield the drop shield and oh are there I other like... abilities yes but i don't i don't use them near as much but yeah i like how they are rolling out those various abilities as you're going through the story and you're doing some of those side missions and unlocking them i, I don't that... like that really why uh because i think everything but the grappling hook is useless <laughs> It's like I it's understand. Not, okay, it's not useless. I, yeah. I shouldn't say that. That's incorrect. It's the, tiers below the grappling. The hook. grappling hook yeah. is so good. I never want to switch to any of those other things. Yeah, like it's it's one button to use the thing and then switch back to the grappling hook. But is it worth pushing that one button? If I well, here's if, the if thing: for half a second, I, almost, I can't use the grappling hook. I almost wish you could hotkey it so, like, I could throw out a drop shield and then it would immediately switch me back to the grappling hook. That would be and nice. Th- and yeah. then I'd use those things more because the, gra- like, I, by the time this is up, my, my written review of Infinite should be out. And, like, that's one of the first things I address is, like, what is all the progress of Halo, Halo in these years? 343 made a pretty fucking good grappling hook. In fact, it's so good. Like, I, th- it's the biggest mechanical game changer for Halo. Yeah. Since Halo 1, I think. Like, I, I was telling you guys before the show, my biggest criticisms of Halo Infinite campaign-wise are simply that I think it is hands down the best Halo game mechanically and hands down the worst one narratively. Which yeah. is impressive, considering all those stories are in Halo games. Yeah, yeah. Which, which means there's only the one good story in ODST, and uh, the rest of them are middling. At best, ah, Reach, Reach is, Reach is a pretty really good. Amazing story. I mean, it's no ODST, but it's no ODST, but it's still good. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm comfortable saying that's better than Midling, but yeah, yeah. I here's here's I kind of had this revelation a little bit recently, and I wanted to see if you guys agreed or disagreed with me. In past Halos, at least up until Reach for me, because that's kind of where I fell off for a little while. The it right always place felt to fall off. What is the right place to fall off? Oh, okay. Um, I felt like while the multiplayer grew increasingly, increasingly more popular and important for gaming as a whole, yeah. that the the campaign was always the main draw there, and even even with Reach, the campaign was one of the major draws, and the the multiplayer stuff kind of was not only adjacent to it but also it kind of was there as a an accompaniment to the campaign that's how i felt um for halo 1 halo 2 halo 3 and halo reach that's how i felt i don't agree i don't agree with that when it comes to halo 3 that's fine well well, hold on hold on on. before we get before you break that down because i haven't even gotten to the revelation yet um what this game has felt like to me is it's felt like the campaign is an accompaniment and a support for the multiplayer because the way yeah the way that all the all the 
abilities roll out like we were just talking about the way all the weapons roll out feels like it's practice for the multiplayer for me to be honest with you like the way the they introduce the grappling hook, yeah and then it's giving me tips and then so then i'm learning oh i could actually grapple hook some of the enemies and then pummel them and i was like oh shit i can use that in the multiplayer why haven't i been doing that before it's felt like the campaign is just practice for the multiplayer at this point and um I think I'd feel a little bit differently if the narrative was a little bit stronger, but it's not. So that's what it feels like to me. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I meant it more in terms of like, in by the time we were at Halo 3, I feel like Halo 1 doesn't really have much of a multiplayer behind the local stuff to talk about. Halo 2, how big the multiplayer became was sort of a surprise because it was the, the beginning of, you know, the days of Xbox Live True. Uh, Halo 3, I feel like it was a big part of the draw like obviously people want yeah. to see that story concluded but like the multiplayer was where the legs were yeah no like that uh, yeah I, that, that sounds one and two they made really good multiplayer because well, well we should have multiplayer in here and they were excellent like that was as far as being more popular yeah the, the multiplayer was more popular but as far as i think what the devs were focused on it was the campaign in one and two yeah and then ODST is the campaign that they actually made, it, whereas I don't know what the fuck happens in Halo 3, the campaign that's just tacked onto the multiplayer well, Halo game 3 that they is released. Halo 2 Part 2. Yeah, it's, it's like there's... That story is ridiculous. It, Halo 3 is just the dumbest fucking story. But, yeah, it's... They had to put something in there along with that multiplayer game that they sure. released. Uh, Reach is a good tight narrative and then a multiplayer that modernizes Halo a bit more and I had a lot of fun with the Reach multiplayer. Um, with 4 and 5, multiplayer was different by the time those games were happening and yeah. like there were other bigger games than Halo and I just don't think they hit the same. Um, Infinite's multiplayer is the right level of nostalgic. Like It feels like the days of Halo 2. It feels fluid and we we talked mm-hmm. about the multiplayer plenty already because it was out for so much longer. Like it felt like returning to something in a way just because it's so different than what's on the market right now in other competitive multiplayer shooters, like in like the call of duties and the battlefields of the world. And that, that dance of halo, like the time to kill is so different than your typical shooter. And this is what these games used to be. And it, it feels like going back in a good way. And for some, there's a whole generation that this is new to like, Mm -hmm. the, but it's just that multiplayer is top notch and it's awesome that it's free. Um, yeah. I and there's so much good in the campaign in like that emergent um there's nothing quite like moving around that world and getting into those big fights and moving around quickly with the grappling hook but I feel like it gets stuck between not fully committing to that open world thing because the changes to combat <sighs> are designed around these big scale battles that you pop up to into that in that yeah. semi open world that then you just kind of get shoved back into old Halo's tight corridors, and those still feel fun. Those encounters still feel fun. Yeah. But they're limited not only by, like, not fully embracing the open world and just kind of having it be a tacked-on thing with copy-and-paste uh, camp missions. I, I was telling you guys earlier, and I yeah. was trying to parse this in my review, the enemies are really limited compared to past Halo games. Every pretty much every enemy in this game is taken straight from Halo 2. Like we've lost enemy designs. There were new enemies in Halo 4 and 5 that were interesting enough that just don't come back. Like those Prothean enemy, or uh, it might, might be Prothean. I don't remember what the other fucking forerunner race was called. I thought 
Mass Effect. That's Mass Effect. There's something similar to that. Whatever the Forerunner race is called, um, are taken out, and there's no flood enemies in this game, which are the we other We need something other up. than dude with gun, because there are saw the enemies in this game are essentially just different hitboxes. Like, that, that's it, as, as far as... I mean, well, other, other than the guys that charge at you, they're just well, different they're, hitboxes. They're, they're different, and I think brutes, elites, grunts, like jackals, they're all different enough, but that's it now. Like, we're back yeah. to the enemy types of Halo 1, and even less than Halo 1, because there's no flood. Um, one thing I wanted to say that you had mentioned that I, I kind of disagree with you on is that you said that when you generally when you get into a fight in this game that it reverts back to corridors and i've definitely felt that there are times where i get into battles where i'm just kind of walking around or driving around um oh, using, yeah. the, using the grappling hook whatever it no, is no i'm saying those are some of the best combat scenarios in the game i'm, I'm saying it feels Ish. not quite as good when you're reverting back to the corridors of halo old like those story mission designs feel good because it's it's cool to be back in the tight spaces but the changes to combat, particularly the grappling hook, are at their best when you're getting into those large scale shootouts in the, the that's, open world. That's not well, that's not what I'm talking about either. <laughs> sorry, let me finish, okay. please. Yeah, uh, what I'm talking about is like there have been times where I've run into little pockets of enemies where there are just two or three grunts sleeping on the side of the road mm-hmm. and I go to kill them or I um, go to do a mission where it isn't a large scale. There are like three enemies there. And because you start attacking them, then they start sending ships after you. Then it does become a more of a large scale. I really like those moments because that does. Well, that's what that's I'm talking the game about. Does, hmm? Those are what I'm talking about. Oh, I see. I thought you were talking about like just like the really large scale um, side mission stuff. I thought that's more what you were talking about. OK, that makes more sense. I like that because like you're saying, those are the more emergent game gameplay elements that I think that the game does really well. And I think that would be further enhanced if um, they had the co-op available when the game dropped. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take shots at it. We already know it should have been in the game from the beginning and they've gotten an, enough flack for that. Sure. I just, I wish that the game would have had it from the beginning. It's, it's been weird. This game has felt like it's being dropped at three different times. We got the multiplayer, we got the campaign and eventually we'll get the co-op campaign. And I mean, I guess that's one way to release it because fans were complaining and us included that the game hadn't dropped up until this point. So I get that they, maybe they felt pressure to release it this way. I don't know. Well, three, four, three, I'm sure didn't, I'm sure Microsoft was putting pressure on them to do so. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. At this point, I can't imagine anyone ever playing the co-op campaign because we'll oh, all know. Will. We'll know what the campaign is, but before we <laughs> well, before fair. we get the chance to, you know, that's fair. Play it in co-op, like in, unless but, you happen to have not played it. Hold off. Maybe wait for the co-op to drop. There and there's great stuff in. I mean, like that. That's what I was trying to say, Shade. Like the point you were saying about those combat moments. Like I wish they had committed more fully to that. Because the open world is a scaled back open world because they couldn't quite commit fully to it. And that, again, leads to less variety in the environments, less variety in the enemies. Like, it sucks because the one thing that is tuned so perfectly in this game is combat. And I feel like there's just not as much opportunity for it to shine or just the places and the enemies you're looking at get stale 
and it 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 just gets boring faster than it has any than it should. No, that that I will wholeheartedly yeah. agree with you on. I mean, yeah, I I'm in the same boat as you. I was really excited for the campaign, especially after playing the multiplayer. I've had fun with it. Um, I've also had some moments where I feel like, man, I'd rather be playing something else. And that's so weird to me because in past Halo games, I couldn't get enough of playing the campaign. And especially when I had other people to play it with. I think totally. that this, game, this game's campaign would have a lot more legs if you had somebody else reliable to move around in the world with rather than yeah. the Marines that they oh attempt God, to give you only for them to get lost. This game would be so much away. better if there weren't Marines in it. Like, I Jesus, hate Fernando. They're horrible. It, like, every time they pop oh, up, I think it just hilarious. seems to... It, well, like, it, it, it just shows... It shows off how everything doesn't come together cohesively. Like, every time they show up, it's just like... I like when you upgrade your yeah. forward operating base, and there's like, there's an RPG trooper there now, and what I read was there's a walking rocket launcher at all your bases. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you. Exactly. I'll be taking that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think the game I'll have a much higher opinion of the game's campaign it, when I can do co-op with somebody. I think oh yeah, that no, I would, that would be so much more enjoyable. With I just someone wish, else there to fuck around with. I just yeah. wish the Marines would move when I call in for a scorpion <laughs> instead of standing there and getting murdered yeah. by it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean that that's the other thing too. I guess, and this is more of a I don't know what it is, but. I wish that there was some more heft given to the Marines that you save. And granted, I understand they're lower tier NPCs, but I wish there was, I wish there was like, that would have been next level for this game. If they had given some heft to the Marines you rescue. And then when they die, you know, because like when you go into, when you go into a stronghold to take it over and you rescue some of the Marines there and they're like, yeah, let's go chiefs here. Like, yeah, of course, that gives you, like, a boost of adrenaline. Like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm here to save but you guys. And you like, fuck yeah, for the next 10 mo- seconds. Most of them are not going to make it out of that combat scenario anyway. Yeah. Exactly. And it feels like, well, what, what did I just go through this whole process of rescuing them for? And I'm You go in to, to rescue like, the Marines and all of one survive by the time you get out of there. <laughs> right, and you're supposed um, to feel like you're this, like, that, that's been the, the whole credo of Master Chief this whole time, and that's the purpose of putting him in first-person view, is you're you're supposed to feel like you are embodying the savior of humanity. This seven foot tall monster. Yeah. Right. And you don't feel that at all. I need a weapon. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, part I of th- that, I think, is just made worse by the open world because, like, something will just headshot you. And because, oh, the game has to be balanced fairly. Like, it's, it's the same game. Like, you don't want it to feel like you're, you're you know, being babied in the camp. No, baby me. Headshots are fucking bullshit in an open world game. If you just die for no reason out of yeah, nowhere, it's, it's like fuck you. you know that a- sucked since three. We all have known that sucked since three. How the fuck have you not gotten the memo? In There's all a of jackal three hundred clicks northeast who happened to spot me across this open field. Yeah, like fuck. Like, it's it's just dumb. Um, It'll make you guys feel a little bit better, I think, to know that the internet has already made a bunch of memes of uh the uh. The the beta the beta Fernando versus the Chad Foe Hammer. <laughs> uh, yeah. I I'm not criticizing the game for it not having their more emotional impact of the Marines. I'm just saying that would have been awesome. And I think that would have taken it. It would have been an interesting level. direction. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely would have welcomed it. But I'm not going to knock the game for that. I'm just saying, like, in theory, I think that would have been cool. But I mean, I uh, like, frankly, had they just gone back to whatever your closest base was and defend it, it would have felt better as far as, like, oh, man, there are way more guys around this base now that I've, I've, I've freed a bunch of them, and instead they just wander off and die. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So it is what it is. Um, I, I still think that in terms of mechanics, in terms of gameplay, that this is one of the, if not the strongest Halo to date. Mm-hmm. I think that not having mo- the co-op was... This is kind of reiterates what we said a few weeks ago was a mistake not having that to, ready to go, um, not faulting the developers uh, entirely for that. We understand that there are shareholders and other people that influence that, so I'm not gonna, f- you know, yeah. fuck fucking yell at them for that. Um, we're gonna talk about it here shortly after this main show, but the narrative is uh, left something Bad. to be desired, I would say, to be honest with you, and it's- um. I think that they have some good ideas here. They didn't maximize and bring out the maximum potential of some of those ideas, but it's a start. And well, I will say this. I, I do plan on finishing the game, and I do want to play it once through a, a, as a co-op style. And with how strong everything else is in the game, I'm hoping that if they plan to release a sequel, that they get it closer to where it was originally advertised as and realizing the potential of those ideas. I'll say is kind of like a final thoughts on that because we're going to get into this obviously more on the chomping after dark. I feel narratively infinite is weighed down by trying to um, basically retcon all of the weird shit that happened in Halo 4 and 5 and as such some of the big cliffhangers of 5 and all the shit that was going is basically resolved off screen before infinite even starts um like everything interesting that had any heft to it is already resolved when halo infinite starts and um i feel like they really are trying to wipe the slate clean to start something new and what they've done mechanically tells me i'm interested to play more of this i just hope they get to make a a more impressive game next time around because mechanically they're there mechanically they've made something awesome Mm -hmm. Something as simple as we gave Chief a grappling hook made the game feel made a game that already a series that already felt fun to play feel even more fun. Uh, so that's yeah. awesome in its own right. Yeah, I I will I will say this. I think that there are some things that have come out recently that do a much better job about how to wipe a slate clean, so to speak, while paying homage to everything that's come before it, better or worse. And uh, yeah, this game was didn't quite do a good enough job of that unfortunately so yes we'll leave it there we'll leave it there because we're going to talk about the story later but um josh i wanted to give you some more time to talk about final fantasy 14 and um rich i don't know if you've been playing it recently as well but i have not okay yeah i mean this is what i'm gonna be talking about for the rest of the year um just (laughs) just prepare you all for that now um which which sounds like a joke but just mentally no, that's that's probably the case. I might play a game or two in between Final Fantasy fourteen, but uh Please do. <laughs> I have <sighs> The MMO report with Josh Fowler. No, like this 
last year it was the it was the hidden item games that kind of let me relax and just turn off turn off you know just kind of get get in the right headspace again mm. um and then so far this year and then the wrapping up last year has been playing some Final Fantasy 14 um which is perfect I mean, it's not it, mechanically. Their net code's a mess, but it, like, I mean, I don't think anyone's come up for a better premise for a game than your gay fashion model who fights fascists. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Like that's, I mean, that's that's kind of the premise of of this this game. So, um. Someone may eventually come up with a better premise, but but so far that's this is this is this is kind of number one on that. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 really solid. Um, I'm I'm really enjoying a lot of what that you know they've got going on, and I'm, I'll I'll kind of I'll treat this as a I have no idea what Final Fantasy fourteen is is thing for for anyone going on there even though this is a very old game at this point you probably have an idea ish um final fantasy 14 is kind of in that evilise adjacent family of final fantasy games as far as kind of the the style and uh general world building um feel of the world more more futuristic from that Yes, yes, yeah, a lot of a lot well. of the races from there. This is generally more futuristic kind of yeah. All the other games are at some point in the history of Final Fantasy 14 sort of a feel. Like there's way more sci-fi sci-fi. It's all still magic, but you know, sci-fi magic trappings. Magic is a thing yes, in the yes, world of yes. Final Fantasy 14. Um, trappings to it. Um the the thing that I think I like the most about it that more MMOs need to do is that you level jobs independent of characters in this game whereas in basically everything else you want a white mage roll a new character um you just change your hat in ff14 exactly and level changes with exactly it. um and it just kind of ease of use style you know feeling that's great it's it's really nice to be able to I'm I'm a perfectionist even though it doesn't matter at this point this is my game to relax but of course I'm playing a class that has two different roles as jobs because that way I can level two different whole roles at the same time because you 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 level your your class but the jobs go go along with that because they're kind of it, it's it's a weird system um but some some classes you get different like crystals that'll let you change to a different job that you know will let you do different stuff but it's the same class that you're leveling um which which is nice so i can i can level my healer and my um dps at the same time which which is also that's something that wow kind of eventually got there with their let's let's make it easy to swap between roles in a single class um, hmm. So they eventually got there. It just took them a long time, but this kind of you know lapped them by letting you level you know 
a character and then just switch to a new job and you're you're playing the same character you don't have to worry about different friends list or a different set of quests going on it's just oh i'm just switch to a different character or, or a different job rather on the same character and i'm just i'll level that now um yeah that's nice there's something it's, delightful about that whole like I'm a level 90 paladin and then someone's like oh we really need a red mage for this and I just reach into my pocket and put in my fancy hat with the feather on it and be like I am also a red mage exactly <laughs> like yeah. let's go yeah no it feels really good um being able to kind of swap between stuff like M- MMOs have kind of gone in that direction a lot after WoW is the idea of this is the game where you do everything there's there's something to do in literally every genre when you turn this thing on um like yeah it and and i feel like this final fantasy 14 kind of goes in a lot in that direction as well um as far as you want to you want to sit down and go play a fishing rpg for for the next you know 400 hours you can do that you can do that uh that's in the game you want to screw around in an amusement park because the uh um god the golden saucer so gold, good yeah the golden saucer is here from final fantasy 7 it's not identical it's a different golden saucer but it's but the golden saucer um the card game from uh final fantasy yeah triple Eight. triple triad, triple triad is, here, is, in is here this game and you can just find people around the world who will play you in triple triad in a world that is just so much bigger than an eight, um, which is great because it allows you a lot more flexibility and also kind of shows you a lot of the shortcomings from that game as well. But, but, but whatever. Um, you should answer, by the way, Josh, because I'm sure people are wondering who haven't played. Uh, though it is a different Golden Saucer, it does have the same music. Yes, it does. Well, I mean, it's it's reorchestrated, but it's the it's, same. Yes, theme. but it's the yes. same theme at heart. Yes. Um, which is also something that they do regularly is uh, you'll have like story arcs that are just, oh, this is the story arc that's from this Final Fantasy. Like like near the end of the base campaign, you get to a section like r- right, up, right at what was the original level cap at 50. You get to the area you're like, ooh, there's a whole raid system and a bunch of quests surrounding it. And it's just Final Fantasy 3. Like all the characters from 3 show back up and and you're just you're just they raiding through the end game content of final fantasy three there um, was a raid it was one of the more popular ones not too long ago called return to evil east which was a final fantasy tactics themed raid yeah yeah um yoko taro did a raid <laughs> yes exactly that had some near shit in it it's like this game just it feels like they get that whole you're here to kind of screw around like Yes, there's a really serious story going on. And it's in a all good it. one. I think yeah. it's one of the better Final Fantasy stories overall. Yes, yeah. Like, there's definitely a lot to pull you through, and it needs to be, because if it weren't great, 300 hours is a lot to ask of you to get through it. Um, at least 300 hours. I'm sh- actually, I'm, I'm curious how much it would take just to go through only the main story. But I'm, I'm sure it's a couple hundred hours at the very minimum at this point with, with the expansions and whatnot. Um, anyway, um, point being, there's, 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 there's there's something for everyone in this game. Like they have full quest arcs. Like you can go on 
one of my favorites so far is the detective quest arcs that are just following around. Um, I can't remember his name, but he's just, he's a bumbling detective who acts. Anyway, it's just, it's, it's a comedy Pikachu. quest line. Yeah. It's a comedy quest line uh, where you, you know, follow around this detective who constantly gets stuff wrong and, and help him out while, while he's doing it sort of a thing. Um, there's, there's stuff like that all over the place. It's, it is. I don't, I don't know what there is going to be to talk about for a year on this as far as that, because I kind of feel like there's everything to talk about so that, you know. I, I think you I, can, we'll find places to go because every day that you talk about being back in FF14, I hover over that application, Josh, and I think right? I should just click on it. I, I give myself that Bilba meme like, after all, why not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I've, I've not gotten into... I've I'd not played this since the base game, like before any of the expansions came out. Um before now, so I basically just restarted from scratch. Uh just so I could because I my my other version was not linked to Steam and so I, I got it through there. That way it would be linked, which is kind of the only way to do that, which is stupid. There should be a way to link that. There isn't. But also there I had done tonight. so little in you know by the in grand scope sort of a situation that i restarted and uh i've been going back through everything from scratch and it's 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 fun it it works it's a it's a good the main story and just screwing around with just questing and whatnot is a good enough solid game solo like it's it's not something you're that's one thing I think they do really well is allow you to just kind of go through the, the questing on your own. I also, I don't know if this is expanded to every dungeon at this point, but in some of the later dungeons, they there is a system that will allow people who are not big into MMOs to run dungeons with bots. There, There is. I don't, again, I don't know if it's everything, but you can, once you get your grand company squadron that you're in charge of, you can run that with them to... Yeah level them up but also it's you're, you're leveling there's a character up. yeah there's a character to fill every role so if you don't yes. want to queue with people and oh, yeah yeah no they add that in the other expansions as well but it's like okay they did it's different um like you've got your grand company stuff which is just randomly named characters that you're yeah that are you're you know under your command and then later yeah. on you're doing basically the same thing but with different scions uh, Dependent, yeah, yeah from, from the main folks. story, uh, story related folks, yeah, yes, that can fill different roles depending on what role you are filling for the dungeoneering party. Mm-hmm. Again, that's that's not that's not getting through the main story because as soon as you get something, you, you don't have that as an option to get through there. It's you're going to be playing with other real people. Uh, the horror, um, but Sounds terrible. But I I mentioned before that this is a game about being a gay fashion model fighting fascists. That's kind of the community. Like that's it's the story, it's the community. This is one of the least toxic games I have ever played. Um like if you come here to be toxic, please don't. Um but but also you're not going to encounter that at anywhere near the levels you will on absolutely everything else. 
even uh, like WoW could be a cesspool in the day. And I remember like the jarring difference of the first time I went to FF14. Mm-hmm. And I had like a question about a dungeon. And I encountered only one time ever in FF14 where some guy just like said something and like took off the dungeon. And even when that happened, the other two people in queue is going to be, that guy's an asshole. Just stick with us and you'll be fine. Yeah, no, I did a dungeon the other day with a new tank who didn't know about tank stance yet. Um, and in any other game, everyone would have rage quit. But, in but this I'm sure one, they just explained it to him. We're like, here's what you need to do. Yeah, no, myself <laughs> and the healer kind of explained what was going on to the guy. He didn't get it. Like, I don't know if, anyway, um, it, it took him until like, the last boss to 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 finally find the spell in order to have you know increased threat on everything yeah just to get aggro yeah to get aggro um but anyway like the healer knew it was going on like you know you 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 kind of take things in stride and and try to teach people like, in this game we'll try and yeah don't. Get, it's the only, and you know, like being patient to that level is the only way people will actually learn because just yeah. being an asshole isn't helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that frankly, I want to see in more games. I, I need, and you never will because gamers are terrible people. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's a matter of, I know, I know that they do moderate their communities a lot more harshly than other games, but I don't think that's all of it. Um, like it seems like definitely a contributing factor, but it seems like, no, it doesn't hurt. The people who are prominent in that community and play the game a ton are just like that community has always been very nurturing as far as I can tell. And I think you find a lot more patient people than you do in some other places. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a very relaxing game. It's it's always, it's always necessary in the world we're currently living in. Yeah. Yeah. We need more stuff like that. Um, and you could play as a Ronso, like my boy Kamari. Exactly. If you want to be a lion furry, you can absolutely be a lion furry. Um, I'm like a half dragon man. I forget what that race is called. I always forget what they're called too. They were added later. I know I had yeah, to pay a certain were like, amount of currency to was change that, my race. They were added. Yeah. I, anyway. I during during Stormblood, I paid some sort of currency that came with the expansion to change my race. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. I'm glad you're still enjoying the game and you're kind of getting a, a, uh, what did I say? A relief from the current world situation, everything that's been going on. It sucks out there. Yeah, no, it has really been relaxing to have something to turn on and accomplish something, which, like, I know a lot of people get that from other things. A lot of people have gotten that in the last couple of years from Animal Crossing or, or something. And pornography. Yeah, something similar to that. Um, you know, like Animal Crossing pornography. Uh, but yeah, this is this is absolutely kind of filling that same you yeah. know, role. That, that same drive or that same niche mm-hmm. or whatever you want to say. Yeah. We stay hungry, we devour. <laughs> stay hungry! Um, Alright, well we're going to take one more quick commercial break and then we are going to do some social media polls. So we will be right back you dig good people of the earth if you're here listening to the Chompcast, i want to say a big thank you now i don't know if you know this but the Chompcast isn't the only podcast that we do 
That's right! We have Evoking the Sublime, where Shay interviews game developers about the creation of their games. We also have Chomping After Dark, the podcast where we deep dive into the story of video games, as well as the occasional TV show and movie. And lastly, our newest podcast, Chomping at the Bits, went live just a few months ago, where myself and some friends break down the historical relevance of popular video games over the years. We have tons of content, and we'd love for you to check it out and let us know what you think. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts, or over at the Sword Chomp website. Now, if you ladies are done gabbing, I have some shit to do. And we're back. Uh, took a very long and another break. Very hey, detailed fuck? break. No, we didn't. We took a very short break, actually. Um, but we're going to talk about some social media polls. So I think I want to do it a little bit differently this year. Last year, I was kind of using the polls as a way to talk about stuff that is kind of happening in the news for video gaming and whatnot. And of course I enjoy doing that, but also the sheer amount of polls that I was creating, all the stuff that I was doing was kind of get cutting into some of the other stuff I want to be doing in my life. So I decided that we're going to do a few less polls than we normally do. And they're 2022 all shit posting all the time. Hell oh, shit, yeah. posting all the we, time. <laughs> we figured out in 2021 that whenever we made good, uh, thoughtful content, it didn't do well. So all of our content's going to be dog shit going forward. Just mm-hmm. lowest comment. <laughs> <made bullshit. laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. We're going to stop trying in 2022. That's right. We're just going to try in different ways is more or less what yeah. I think. So it, the, yeah. the polls Sword are going to be... 2022. They're not going to be as many... Eh? So it's on 22's model. Eh? <laughs> but um do a little bit less polls but polls that are more related to kind of the topic directly is kind of what i'm trying to do this year so far and we'll see how it works out so this is the first week um no it's not rich every episode in 2022 is not an nft <laughs> i would quit well troy so baker likes fast. him so much oh my God. i'd quit so fucking fast but uh let's start with the polls so uh the first one which game was more Joel influential, Ford. Super Mario 64 <laughs> or Ocarina of Time? And by 51%, Super Mario 64 eked out the win. Wow. That percentage makes sense. Yeah, no, it's unsurprising. Like, that is a tough question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it barely got the win, but it got the win nonetheless. Um, no surprises there, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, I no, feel like we, we, we've kind of gotten a lot of that already. Um, well, like, I don't think there can be any surprises. Like, <laughs> it could go either way on all of these. No, yeah. exactly. Um, the second poll: which game was more influential, Pokemon Red and Blue, or Final Fantasy VII? Which one do you guys think won? Mm. I think it's going to be Pokemon. I mean, you're asking. You're asking gamers, but because you're asking gamers, I assume it went to Final Fantasy VII. But kind of like we said already, like this is this is really the way you look at it, uh, as as far as like which which it which it actually is, um, mm, right? Well, I hate to tell you, 
R- Josh, that uh, Pokemon Red and Blue won by 59%. Another okay. close margin, but less close. Yeah, less close. Okay. I, Yeah, I can still see that. Like, again, like, it's so huge everywhere. It's yeah. so huge. I had... I had people messaging me about it and being like, yeah, it's not even comparable. It's Pokemon because of the global phenomenon that it is. And I was yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. So, I, yeah, I think, I think Final Fantasy VII personally, but I, there's nothing wrong with going with Pokemon Red and Blue. Yeah. Does Pokemon have a big digitally animated phone commercial? Pro- yes. Probably. Did I mean, Katy Perry write a song about Final Fantasy VII? No, but she did write one about a lion. And Pikachu. And Pikachu. Uh, this, is, this is one of the ones where we are going to talk about uh, current day situations, because I think this is one that we probably should discuss, even if briefly. Take-Two Interactive acquired Zynga a few days ago. Is this the year that mobile games take over? Um, that's, that's the big reason for the move there. No news commentator from 2008. (laughs) I was about to say that. I'm like, no, that, that was over a decade ago at this point. Um, I mean, like really take over because I mean, no, that was over a decade ago at this point. No more than the fucker. (laughs) (laughs) I mean that, uh, console, like in 2020 console sales were up tremendously, but right now, as of last year, they've gone down by. I think it was uh, 9%. That's because there's no consoles. Yeah, yeah. like, yeah, no, that makes sense because of the supply issues and also... There's warehouses full of consoles. Like, Um, no, people are still buying, like, the Series S because Game Pass is worth getting. But no one's going out to pick up a PS4 right now. Uh, And I'm I'm sure that's kind of making that number go down significantly. Right. Shay, let me answer this question in the way that I think makes the most sense, which is I don't no, think... Can I, can I get to the results and then you can answer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought that, I thought that already happened. No, you guys kept going in. Let me get to the results. Um, 27% of people said it's inevitable, and 73% of people said, not today, Satan. But okay, go ahead. Yeah, no, because it was a few days ago it already, it already happened, yeah. Um, I don't <laughs> think mobile gaming, quote-unquote, is ever going to take over. I think mobile devices converging with gaming are just going to become more and more the standard with things like xCloud, like streaming games from consoles to your phone. Like, I think it's really cool that 2K bought a company so they could put words with friends in the next Grand Theft Auto loading screen. Yeah. No, I mean, that makes sense. But but also, almost no one owns a console. Like, 99% of gaming is on phones already. Uh is kind of yeah. the 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 thing there. Like it's it's really weird that gaming with fucking astronomically sized air quotes around it hasn't taken. Well, an, that's what you interest, say, right? Yeah, in mobile gaming at this point. Um, yeah, I I think it's kind of all how you approach this topic. If it's people who are playing games, then sure, yeah, mobile gaming has all but taken over at this point. Uh, do you see, at least I see it in Japan all the time. Like I've told you guys so many times, yeah, yeah. people on the trains just playing games and they don't normally play video games. They're and like, it's been that salary business much longer. They're younger uh, children. They are teenagers. Mm-hmm. They're young adults. They're all playing some form of 
mobile game and it's not something um like that has a deep story it's something that has that addictive element to it like we talked about a few episodes ago or a few months ago rather but um if you're talking to people who are whatever you want to call them gaming enthusiasts gamers people who are deeply entrenched in gaming i think i think the official term is shitlords i think it's incels whatever you want to call those people and i mean unfortunately and fortunately we are a part of that as well as dorks um we are we ourselves are shitlords we are not (laughs) exempt from that um that i think it's uh i don't think mobile games have quite taken over for a lot of that market i think there are a large group of um again whatever you want to call them that are rebuffing these types of games because they know it kind of hurts the not only the integrity of video gaming in some ways but also it means that we get watered down versions of games and who wants that yeah uh yeah no that's fair and i mean what you said about like people in japan i think to be fair it's also been like that there much longer like i mean back in the fucking early 2000s they released final fantasy 7 before crisis exclusively on flip phones like in the flip phone days mobile gaming was already big in japan yeah and i mean there are pictures of people carrying around 3ds's and ds's back in the day when that was something and you know i still see people from time to time pull out their switch and play it on the train so i ever tell mm-hmm. you guys my classic 3ds street pass story because i you know i always wish be like in japan you know you could really get true street pass by just like going around back in the day but uh you know i lived across the street from a high school and mm. i worked night shifts so i would be up till like four in the morning playing video games i would go outside put my 3ds in the glove compartment of my car across the street from the high school and then i'd pick up a bunch of street passes that i would (laughs) would then collect on my way to work later (laughs) that street pass Mm. function i don't i don't it must have been the just the tiniest amount of data they were transferring because it seemed to have way higher range than everything else huge range yeah yeah because i used to if you were going on a road trip you just turn that thing on while you're on the highway and you'll fucking pick you, up a hundred things just going a few miles. It's just got to be a quick ping. It's getting, it yeah, can't be it's, it's got to be next to nothing. Like it's got to be like, Oh no, here's a thing. It, you know, then they make up the rest of the information they're actually giving you from that, you know, just tiny ping. Like you're saying, um, yeah, right. Exactly. Classic. Good old exactly. days. Exactly. Back All when right, men we have were just men one more Kirby poll to go, Kirby. boys. <laughs> we have one more poll to go. Um, and this is when I did the poll a few days ago. Forever Skies was announced. Um, it is a survival game about climate change making the world uninhabitable. And I said, are you interested? And 63% of people said, bring on the end of the world. And 37% of people said, not yet. I prefer nonfiction games. I, I mean, you mean you prefer fiction games? Yeah, I said that backwards for some fucking reason. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's all right. It's all right. I knew what you meant. That's why yeah. I was polite about my Like, as I said it, like, my brain stopped. Like, I'm like, Hang you said on. that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> no, but this game looks really interesting. Obviously, yeah, it's... Uh, basically, what it is is humanity has been forced largely to flee Earth because it's become uninhabitable. Climate, the climate crisis has fully taken 
hold pretty much everything on the surface of the earth yeah. has died and so it's set uh, in 2023 yeah. so so it is sci-fi because no one's actually gonna get off earth the three people yeah we're all just gonna it, die here the three people who can, who can afford it will leave and uh then the rest of us will be stuck here <laughs> well yeah it's it's interesting because apparently there's somebody who comes back in their ship it's a scientist um to kind of figure things out sift through the rubble and um, i love wally Wally. <laughs> and the the scientist comes to look through technology to kind of do reverse technology kind of like things like that and what's interesting about it is it's being developed by um a brand new polish studio and they are cd project um, blue yeah, CD Project, CD Project Indigo. Their uh, slogan is "We're totally different guys." We swear. But no, it's from the former devs of the dying. Some former devs of Dying Light. So they are established. Some of them are established veterans at this point already. Mm-hmm. And the way how quickly this game has kind of come about, come about is fascinating because I believe it's um, only been a few years in development, and they already have. Um, first look at this game, which is pretty interesting. So it could be a yeah. some vertical slice stuff, but no, I'm interested to see what that is because, uh, I mean, it's less about the the concept because like we get plenty of dystopian sci-fi games, but it's got a good pedigree and execution is everything, you know. Yeah, yeah, it looks it looks fascinating. I I mean, like for me, the gameplay and stuff itself looks really cool and interesting, and I hope that they kind of explore and they find some kind of evolved or devolved form of humans here, which they've hinted at. There are going to be some tribes of creatures here, possibly kind of thing. They're being very selectively mm-hmm. secretive about it. And I appreciate that. Um, trying to build some interest as they should be. But yeah, I'm really kind excited to see what race this game's of humans who have built their entire society around the bachelor. Um, Yo, you, <laughs> You should see these uh these chimps we got these pictures of chimps. Mm-hmm. You know it'd be fucking hol- <laughs> you know it'd be hilarious. I mean, obviously it wouldn't be a timeless game, but if you get in there, you finally find this uh, small enclave of humans that have started living underground, and they're all just Trump supporters. Oh yeah, no, no, like it's 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 entirely we the should build canonical good guys from Fallout. But instead of being based on, you know, early Americana, they're based off of Hamilton that they thought was early Americana. That's, oh, oh that that's amazing. so good. That would be even better. So they just sing everything <laughs> they say? They, they think that was how it all happened. Oh, my God. That's, that's like we, we talked about it before, that fucking Fallout Miami mod where, like, one of the uh, gangs in that are just these ghoul surfers that are worshipping this wave that's supposed... To, like, the, the ghoul who rode the wave caused by the nuclear explosion mm-hmm. is, like, revered. <laughs> yeah. That, oh, yeah. So, I love dumb shit like that. I, yeah, I can't wait for that, um, that mod to drop. Yeah, oh, it's gonna be so good. Yeah, but... Um, that's it for the polls. Like I said, it's going to be shorter on polls and whatnot. And that way, hopefully gets us out of here a little bit earlier. I don't have to put as much work into those polls and we can. 
<laughs> yeah, I just realized you, how it sounded you, you, as I you, said you it. Tried, yeah, you tried <laughs> to make this polls. a big, you know, paradigm shift is why the polls were, were changing. Like, oh, we, we've, we've, got, we've got these grand ideals, and then you get to the end of them. Well, because it's a little less work, we're doing it this way now. <laughs> I mean, it's both at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I was polls. just laughing at him saying he was working those polls. Mm. <laughs> It's both, all right? It can be um, both. Both are funny for different reasons. Yeah, yeah that's true. One's that's sexually true. suggestive, the other implies you're lazy. Well, what, one isn't implying, one is admitting. No, yeah, it's listen, like, I would no, never call no, you that. You're, yeah, you feel free to yeah. call yourself that, but I would never call you that. No, I'm not lazy. In all seriousness, it allows me to kind of refocus my efforts to other things. Yeah. Like, I, I've I never a met a lazy person. I'm 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 pretty sure that's a myth. Uh, it's I don't know. The president told me. That's it. Not nowadays. I mean, I've I've had coworkers that my boss said was lazy, but I'm pretty sure none of us needed to be doing that much work. They were just disappointed in them because for some reason their commitment to their job ended when they punched out. Mm-hmm. How dare them? How dare them? But how dare thy? <laughs> how dare thighs? But let's get out of here, guys. Uh, just a few final quick comments um, before we get out of here. You know, it's kind of a shorter show. Um, we it's didn't half the as- length of last week. We didn't play uh, as many video games, so we had a little less to talk about. But if you enjoyed this show, please like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Spotify now has ratings, so you can rate this Ooh. podcast on Spotify, which would help us out Ooh. a ton. Or wherever we you listen think. to podcasts. We don't know how Spotify we don't we don't know works. how it works. We assume it's beneficial. Yeah. It, like iTunes, it's beneficial even if you give us one star. That's not true. Don't say that shit. Well, no, no. Again, we have no idea how it works on Spotify. So do well, what no, you want. Said, no, the one the one star iTunes thing. Don't say that. <laughs> That's not beneficial. But no, uh, yeah, just please like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want more content from us, head over to swordchomp.com where we um we have a bunch of podcasts. We have Evoking the Sublime, we have Chomping After Dark, which we've been referencing earlier in the show. And we have our new podcast newest podcast, Chomping at the Bits, uh Rich's new side project, which we've also talked about. So head over there and check out those podcasts. And also um you get access to merch by going to storage.com. Store.swordchomp.com. You can uh, check out all of our sweet ass merch there. And um, you can also check out some articles and reviews that we've been writing. I recently, like I advertised on Instagram, I got up a Monster Rancher one very recently. Rich got one up on Wolfstride, and he's going to be having one go go up on Halo Infinite. So um, it'll be a doozy of a read. Check those out if you are into written pieces. Always a good place to check out content from us. And the last thing I want to mention is if you want to help us and support us so we can continue to make awesome new content and uh, kind of... uh, And also whatever this is. Yeah, who can say? (laughs) And and improve what we're already doing. You can go to patreon.com slash swordchomp where you get access to many different tiers and many different benefits, such as a private Instagram page where we post some behind-the-scenes stuff from the show. Uh, you get access to a private Discord, and uh, where only the patrons kind of populate that area. 
You get access to um, private Skype calls with us. You get access to Patreon shoutouts, of course. We do those at the end of the month for our wonderful people who support us. And you get access to some of our podcast weeks in advance. So uh, definitely check that out if you are interested in that kind of thing. We would appreciate it greatly, and it helps us so much. But um, we're going to get out of here. I want to say thank you to Rich for being here. Uh, I want to say thank you to Josh as well for being here. And I was Shay, your host. We will be back next week for another exciting episode of the Chopcast. Thank you so much. Drink water. Take care of yourself and your friends and your family. See you next time. Woo!